One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. I've been having this visitation from uh, this angel that carries this torch. And on on this torch, um, it reads the spirit of knowledge. Okay? And um, uh, just a few weeks ago, I had, I had a dream, I uh, had an encounter with the Lord about this, this angel again. And this is what I saw in this dream. I saw um, this angel and um, like five other angels gathered. Jesus had gathered these, these angels together with, for a mission. And he gave the five angels each a knife, like a, uh, like a trimming knife. Um, <clears throat> and he, he gave this other angel this torch that reads the spirit of knowledge. And he sent them out of heaven, and I saw them arrive in southern Ohio. And what I saw next is I saw the five angels with, that were given the knives. It's like they went out um, into, the, into the land, into the highways and byways, and they started finding people that appeared as candles. And these people, um, when you, you know when you buy a new candle, um, it's completely flat all the way to the top, and sometimes certain candles don't have the wick exposed? That's what, that's what these candles looked like. They walked in and they found people, but as soon as they touched them, you could see that they were like a candle that was never lit on fire. And they pulled them out and they started taking their knife and trimming the wick. They started trimming the wax away from the wick so when the fire came, the wick could be lit. And I saw hundreds and thousands of people being brought out of places and lined up in the highways and byways, in the places that didn't have an address. And their wicks were trimmed down to the point where they were able to be tied and twisted together. They looked like a chain of firecrackers. So that if one candle was lit, the whole chain was lit. And I saw that over a period of time, there were thousands of candles that were tied together in different regions in southern Ohio. And all of a sudden, this angel that carried the the spirit of knowledge, this burning torch, um, suddenly was awakened and released to go and set these candles on fire. And these candles literally started snapping off like firecrackers and being lit. And the next thing I saw was I saw, saw people from other states that appeared also as candles. That when they saw the fire that was going to happen in southern Ohio, they started traveling to southern Ohio. And in the process of going, the wicks of those candles were trimmed. And... <clears throat> Arkansas was one of the places that I saw connected to this movement, okay? And so, you would say, why would the Lord give an angel a torch that reads a spirit of knowledge? What's so great about the spirit of knowledge? Well, let me, let me read you a scripture here. This is Isaiah 11, um, verse 1 to 4. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his root. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the seeing of the eye or the hearing of the ear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. So true spiritual judgment doesn't come by you seeing with your eyes or hearing with your natural ear. It comes with the gift of true discernment where you judge based on the vision of the Lord. You step in in alignment with the vision of God and you release his heart on the earth, which is to deliver, which is to anoint, which is to impart, which is to awaken. Right? So what, what happened here with 
All these people now having dreams and visions. You're being awakened to the voice of God and being positioned to judge not by the natural seeing of the eye or the natural hearing of the ear. You're being equipped to judge with the gift of true discernment, which is actually you're releasing heaven on earth. Right? That's the prophetic. Okay, so what is the spirit of knowledge? The spirit of knowledge isn't like words on a page. It's not like you know more Bible trivia than the next guy. That's like not worldly knowledge. The word knowledge is the word yada. It means the word intimacy. It means the word where it says Adam knew his wife, they became one. That same word, yada, that Hebrew word is used symbolizing the, the togetherness. How did Jesus walk on earth? What made the Pharisees angry at Jesus? Jesus, it says that Jesus walked alone. He went into prayer. He heard the voice of his father. He was intimate with his father through prayer. And out of that relationship, he went and shook the earth. Out of vision and dream with his father, he shook the earth. And the Pharisee who knew what was written couldn't understand who this Jesus was who had a relationship with the living God. Right? And so, the reason this is important is because... How many of you know of the, the uh, story of the ten virgins, right? The ten virgins, they were actually, you know, the five that were wise. It says their wicks were trimmed. Is it possible for you to trim your own wick? Can you learn enough Bible knowledge to trim your own wick? Or do you have to be in a relationship intimately with the living God to be circumcised by the Spirit of God and to be able to <laughs> sorry about that and to be able to be set on fire by the one who is living? Or Are you going to study and learn your Bible simply to have knowledge? Two different things. It's a little trickery of wording, but life comes from yada, from intimacy. Jesus functioned. It says the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? It's like the actual glory presence. The word fear is the word honor, meaning that out of his intimacy, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So the, not, the glory of God comes out of a person's intimacy with the living God. Right? Yeah. Intimacy. I don't care how much Bible you have memorized. What I do care about is your heart's been circumcised. You're, the wick of your heart has been trimmed by the living God in such a way that He can set you on fire in a continual basis. That every day you hear His voice. Every day you are moved by the wind of the Holy Ghost. Every day that the flame of God is what you thirst after and will not leave your prayer room until your wick has not only been trimmed by the voice of God, but the fire of the Holy Ghost comes down on you and suddenly you are not just this candle that has a potential of burning, but you are set on fire by the One who has the seven spirits around his throne, and he actually sets you on fire. Is there anybody in need of the spirit of knowledge? I can, I mean, I've, I've had different encounters with this angel. Um, I, I had, the first one was in India, and I, I told that story last night at, uh, at Camden. Um, but this, this angel carrying the torch of the spirit of knowledge, I just, I feel he is with us tonight. I feel he is with us tonight. And so the prophetic, the the flow of the voice of God is what cuts away the wax and trims away the candle to be prepped, to be set on fire by the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of intimacy. How many of you want to be intimate with the Lord? See, that's what this is. This is an invitation to a love affair that the world can't understand. But when you fall in love with the one who burns, he surrounds you like he's surrounded in his throne room. The fire of God suddenly 
literally comes and sets you on fire. You hear him. Then the Spirit falls on you. You're weeping on the floor. You get back up. You hear him. You fall on the floor. You're weeping and shaking. Amen. That's a picture of what that the virgins that were wise had their wicks trimmed. They had to, tr- they had to keep their, their wick trimmed. They had to keep oil in their lamp so that they were capable of burning. These are the people that had prayer lives that shook the earth. These are the people that, that literally, um, they're just mad, madly in love. Madly in love with the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a lot of people that think that they're righteous or they're religious or somehow they're special religiously because they know a lot of Bible knowledge. How many of you know that um, a dead clock is right twice a day? And it's hard to discern whether or not that clock is alive because it literally is right twice a day, but the, the average man can't tell that it's not, that the arms aren't moving on it. Because periodically it's right. How many, how many of you know just by picking a scripture and trying to apply a scripture to your life doesn't mean that you're alive in Christ? Because the Spirit of God requires you to come to Him, and when you come to Him, He's the one who speaks to you and trims your wick and sets you on fire and takes you out to the world to release His fire to the earth. Jesus said, Oh, how I wish the fire on the earth was was kindled. What happened on the day of Pentecost? The mighty rushing wind came, and then what happened? It says there appeared tongues of fire upon them. And then it says that they prayed in tongues and prophesied. Right? Right. So they they learned to encounter the Lord in prayer. The Spirit came on them. They learned to encounter the Lord in prayer. And then they were set on fire with revelation knowledge out of intimacy. And they shook the world. We got some world shakers in here? Amen? You guys are world shakers if you're in love with the Lord. You see, a lot of people come into church and they get this wrong perception of what it means to be a Christian because they have a whole lot of people telling them to just study their Bible. Listen, the the Bible is is a unique tool and instrument of the Lord. It's actually a piece of His Word. But the living Word, it says in John 1, it says the Word... Uh, was with God before. The Word of God is with God after. The Word of God sits in heaven enthroned right now and He speaks out of heaven to those who want to burn with Him. Right? That's the essence of a relationship. A person who depends on the Lord to speak to learn how to what, what the Scripture means and when to apply a certain thing or to even pull on the Lord with understanding of what that means. And there's a, there's a unique relationship. You, the Holy Ghost, and your Bible. Right? Because that Bible is true. That Bible is true all day long. But people that don't know the Holy Spirit take that Scripture and periodically they're right like a dead clock. But they don't know the Holy Spirit. Are you, are you catching my drift? Knowing the Holy Spirit, being intimately in love with the Holy Spirit is a relationship where He speaks to you, He anoints you, He keeps flowing into you, and you become a burning flame, not because of what you know, but because of who you know. Are you in love with the living God? I'm flat out in love with the living God, man. Amen? So, here's the deal, guys. Are you intimate with the Holy Spirit? You see, I had to learn a valuable lesson with the Holy Ghost. You see, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I had this weird understanding. I was, I was crazy with the Holy Spirit. I literally ran, the, the day, two days after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I literally ran down the middle of a chemical plant, down the main avenue of a chemical plant, screaming, Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. Now, was it true? Was I set on fire? Yeah. Dude, I mean, I was, I was over, I was undone in the Holy Ghost. But I had a lot of false perceptions about not really grasping the Bible in connection with the Holy Spirit. Right? And so when I would witness, 
I was a crazy witness guy. I mean, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, dude, I would knock on doors, you know Jesus, you know Jesus, you know Jesus, you know Jesus. <laughs> and there were, you know, I was right. A couple, couple times I was right, like a dead clock. Sometimes I got one. But oftentimes, I got 11, 11 let go and one was right, right? And so periodically, I thought I was right all the time because I got two out of, out of, the, tw- or two out of the 24 hours of the day, right? But I was kind of like a dead clock because I had this weird mix of I knew the Holy Spirit, but I tried to beat people over the head with the knowledge of the Bible, don't you know this? Don't you do this? Don't you try to do that with the Bible? Can't you follow this rule, what the Bible says? <gasps> You're a drinker. <gasps> right? I, I wasn't very successful. And I, was, I got angry because I had this zeal. I had this passion. But I was not accurate because I was like a dead clock. I was right some of the time with certain scriptures, but sometimes I applied them wrongly and, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot of fruit in witnessing to people. And so I, start, I started getting mad. Somewhere around 2000, the end of 2008, 2009, I was getting mad. I was asking the Lord a whole lot of questions. Why is this? Why is not that? You know, why aren't there more people? Is this area just dead? I mean, what, what's going on? Why? And... So, one day, uh, somewhere in the uh, fall, or yeah, the spring of 2010, the Lord uh, wakes me up one morning and He says, go to Panera. You guys know what Panera is? You have a Panera bread locally? You know what you are, but you don't have a Panera bread? Okay, well, a Panera bread is like a soup and sandwich place. They're pretty popular in the Northeast. Um, Those restaurants hold like 80, 90 people in them. And uh, we had a brand new Panera bread restaurant in Parkersburg. And so it was a hot place. There's not a whole lot of restaurants in Parkersburg. It kind of reminds me of El Dorado. But uh, there's not a whole lot of restaurants in, in Parkersburg. And so this is a pretty hot place. I mean, it's full. This lunchtime at this place is full. You, you, you have to literally sometimes wait to get a seat in 2010. And so I leave work. I drive, pull in. I walk over and they had this couch that sat beside this little fireplace. And I sit down on the couch and I'm sitting there. And I mean, there's people buzzing everywhere, getting their food. And all of a sudden this girl walks in, young girl, probably about 21, 22. And all of a sudden the Lord, the Lord points her out to me and boom, he starts giving me this vision, this download about this girl. And this vision was about this girl um, working in a... Uh, a, a greenery like a um, a greenhouse with these small baby plants, and that the next thing I saw in the vision was that these plants one day would be planted all around the countryside, and the beauty um, that she was responsible for in caring for these plants would have an impact in terms of how the people saw the region that she's that she lived in. I didn't think it was a big deal, but. I'm sitting there. I'm literally sitting there um, in the couch. And as this girl is getting her food, the Lord's talking to me about what, you know, about her life and different things. And all of a sudden, this girl, no kidding, she sits at, a, at the table right behind me. And I'm like, Lord, is this like eavesdropping? Is this real prophecy? Right? <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and she starts spilling her guts about she is a, an intern in a certain denomination that does not believe in the Holy Spirit and she was angry at the church because of the way they were um, uh, managing money and um, taking advantage of people and the people just weren't being cared for and out of her mouth came these words if this is Jesus I'm not sure I want it and she goes on to say in this conversation with these people at this table um, I found out she was doing an internship at this church and that she was an actual student in Parkersburg at a college called Ohio uh, OVU, Ohio Valley uh, uh, Christian uh, University. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden the Lord, boom, is like now. And so I get up, I go over, introduce myself to this girl, and I give her the vision. The next thing I know, 
Boom, this girl face down in her salad. She's weeping. She's weeping profusely to the point where she's shaking and trembling. And all the people in the restaurant are looking at this. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh my God, what, what, what was this? What's this? And <laughs> the guy that was with her, um, he actually worked in, an, in a, a neighboring church, um, and she was confiding in him. And, and so he helped me carry her out to her car. And uh, I'm like, listen, man, I don't know. I've never dealt with a situation like this. Um, I think she's going to come around. And he goes, don't worry about it. I got her. Because I was like, I had to go back to work, right? I'm a working man. Prophecy at lunch, work the rest of the day. So... I go to work, go through the rest of my day, um, and I had, a, I had a, a membership at this gym. It's called Anytime Fitness. I, at the end of the day, 5.30, 6 o'clock, go, go in, into uh, the gym, and all I hear when as soon as I open the door, I hear my name, Cup it! Come here! Cup it! Come here! And so I walk over to the, to the corner of this gym, and there's, there's a guy I know, um, and there's a, there's a young man, He's slouched down against the wall, and he's shaking. He's weeping. And, the, and I said, what's wrong with him? And this kid, or this guy that I knew, his name's Chris Reed, um, he looks at me, and he says, well, he says, that young man said that a guy named David came into Panera today and gave a prophetic word to a friend of his. And the story is that they took this girl back to her apartment and they laid her on the floor and they said that the glory of God rested on her so powerfully that afternoon that the, all the students on the hallway gathered in her room and they, he, this, this young man said that every time somebody would come across the threshold, they literally would fall on their face and lay in front of the Lord and shake and weep. And I said, well, what's wrong with him? He goes, he was there all afternoon, and every time he starts to talk about it, he starts to shake and fall over, and, and, and this, that, this is where he's ended up. He says, this is like the fourth time the, kid, the kid's sitting in the gym, and he's, <laughs> he's messed up in the Holy Spirit. Right? That's a pretty crazy story. Well, <clears throat> there's more to the story. Two of the young men that entered into this young lady's room, two of them uh, were, were um, like third-year students at OVU. They literally quit school, gave up everything they had, got in a car, and drove across the country to Bethel Redding and entered into their school of supernatural ministry. One of those young men today is a pastor in Germany. The other young man travels the world kind of like me doing a Holy Ghost type of meetings, right? And I thought that was the end. If that was the end, the Lord had taught me a lesson. But if that wasn't the end, okay? Last week, I went into a church. I got invited to a church in downtown Parkersburg. I walk in. I tell the Panera story, Right? And the next thing I know, there's a girl in the audience. She stands up and she goes, I'm here because I heard you were going to be here this week. I heard about the story. So I bring her up. And she starts to sit, tell the story that the hardcore religious people at OVU, because they don't embrace the Holy Spirit. They don't think God speaks. They don't know anything. They don't embrace anything about the Holy Spirit. He says, or she says, they mocked you. They have mocked you for the last 10 years at OVU because that story is so rampant throughout the university because they can't explain it, right? And she goes, my parents are in the leadership organization at OVU, and I heard the story, and it got to the point where it angered me so much that I started to ask the Lord questions. And when I started to ask the Lord questions, prophets started coming to me and prophesying over me. And then I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And all, there were like five kids that were with her. All these kids that were with her came because of the whole process going back 10 years of... The story of I thought I was witnessing because I was witnessing beaten over the head with scripture instead of waiting for the voice of the Lord to point me and being right one time. Okay, so this, not, this is not the end of the story. The next day, last Monday, I get this call. 
Because all of, all of those kids that were with her got so filled with the Holy Ghost last weekend that um, they, you know, they're, they're, stu- they're OVU students now. One of these young men goes in to one of his class, classes and he sits in front of his teacher and he gives her a vision, kind of like what Justin did yesterday to this guy. He gives this teacher this vision and the girl starts to shake and cry. She falls down. She gets up praying in the Holy Spirit in the middle of a non-Holy Ghost organization. That's not the end of the story. The teacher gets off the floor and says, I have a vision for one of my fellow teachers. What do I do? What's this mean? So the kid that, got, was, that was at my meeting the day before walks her down the hall to the other teacher. The other teacher gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's not the end of the story. <laughs> By the end of the day, the president of the university gave this young man who gave the vision to the first teacher... He actually gave him the basement room of one of the buildings and said, you have full authorization to release the Holy Ghost into my school. Can't make this stuff up, man. All from one vision. Does the Lord not say that he would multiply his word? So is his word living in vision or is it simply words that although they're true on a page, is it you trying to determine what is right from a Bible or is it you in relationship from the one who releases the fire on the earth? That's why I learned to sit and wait for the Lord to speak to me and I go where he sends me. I go where a man has a dream and calls me to come. I go where a guy on the other side of the world says, you're supposed to come and the Lord will prepare me with a dream. I go where the Lord speaks to me because fruit and multiplication will come from simply being in an intimate, knowing relationship with the Holy Spirit. I trust the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is going to do that same thing to you. I have a vision, maybe I didn't tell this story yet here tonight, but I have this vision that there's these angels in heaven, and some are carrying knives, some are carrying a torch called the spirit of knowledge, and they're invading the United States. They're actually coming in to your local area and region, and they're going to start setting people on fire because people themselves have had their wicks trimmed by the Holy Spirit, and they don't look like just some religious organization. They actually burn with the flame of the Holy Ghost. That's my vision. Amen. That's that's a pretty pretty crazy story. That's not your average witnessing story, right? But I had to learn. I had to learn that the Lord speaks, and He wants to speak to every one of you. And it actually has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. It has nothing to do that there's something wrong with you, but it actually does require you to believe that the Lord's going to speak to you. Right? Right? There's a whole bunch of people in here that you didn't think the Lord would speak to you personally six months ago, and now you're having dreams and visions from the Holy Spirit. And even in your personal life that is so screwed up and complicated, the Lord came in in a matter of five minutes, straightened you out to agree with what is happening in your life. Amen? Amen. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, man. The Lord doesn't confuse you. He just expects you to follow His voice into the unknown. It's not the confusion of the darkness around you. It's the one who has such a thirst and hunger and expectancy that when the Lord speaks into the night that He creates and the darkness cannot withstand the light. That's the power of vision, the power of His, His, His light released into the world. You see, if you get the revelation, you're a creator. When you, when you hear the voice of God, Justin, when, when you prophesied over that man, what happened? You created life. You released life into a man that was living in darkness. Right? And so, do you center your life through searching this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit? Right? Right? Do you camp around the fire? 
Do you camp around this, this God who has the power to change the earth and isn't looking for people to be right twice a day like a dead clock because they hold this Bible to such esteem? The Lord doesn't need you to really believe the Bible. And that may, that may scare you a little bit. Because religiously, the Bible becomes the center of your Christian life. When it's supposed to be in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit becomes the center of your Christian life. Amen. Think about that. How many, how many of you train? Your, I mean, the Bible will speak to you, and the Bible reveals the Lord. But let's, let's go back to why written words were put on a page by the Lord Himself. When Israel was led out of captivity, out of Egypt, and they entered into the wilderness, the Lord brought Moses up, and then he said, go tell my people I want to meet them all. The invitation was for them all to come up and meet him face to face, and they said, no, Moses, we don't want to go up. You go. And so the Lord said, okay, so I'll put some commands on paper, and maybe what they realize from the paper, they'll lay that paper down and come back up the mountain and see my face. The Lord is after intimacy with His people. Amen. And you can, you can try to say that I know the Lord, but you're so far away. You're so far in this distance from Him because you have an awareness of what His Bible says, but the words on a page are designed to get you to the living God. Amen. Because that Bible is true 100%. That Bible is true 100%, and those Scriptures are true. But you can pick scriptures out at the wrong time in your life and apply them and then blame God why He didn't do what He said He was going to do when the Lord actually never said He was going to do it because He's waiting for you to recognize you can't actually choose out of the Bible what applies to your life at the moment. You have to go to Him and He'll lead you into all truth. What's He known as? The Spirit of truth. Right? So the, the truth is what? A spirit. The truth is a spirit. And you have to know Him. You have to know Him intimately. Amen? <laughs> you see, <clears throat> there's a scripture in uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Who's the door? Jesus is the door. So Jesus accomplished, Jesus came and he accomplished sin. He accomplished the destruction of sin. Sin is not just the bad things people do. The bad things that, pe that people do are because of the, the root understanding of sin, which is that there's a chasm between you and the Lord. There's a separation. So Jesus comes and he conquers sin. He takes the keys of life and death. He holds all keys in his hand. He ascends and, and, and releases the Holy Spirit on earth. And then he begins inviting people to come up the mountain, to come into heaven, because he is the door that opens you to the realm of the Spirit. And you can actually come back into relationship with this living God and hear His voice. And that's why the outpour of the Holy Spirit is about you in intimate relationship with Him where He communicates with you in dream and vision and you in your wisdom understand that it's not just a, a dream, it's actually the beginning of a conversation. The Lord is trying to speak to me. He gives me one dream and I have to go back and ask another question. And then He gives me a vision. And then I go back and ask another question. And then there's this relational dynamic of what happens out of an intimate relationship. And you suddenly learn to depend on the Lord leading you through life instead of trying to pick and choose about what Scripture you want to apply in your life. Come on, man. The Lord is going to shake this region with people who are burning with an intimate love for Him. Amen? Amen. And so, continuing with the Scripture, and the voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me. That's pretty prophetic, man. The door opens. He says, come up here, and the voice suddenly is like a trumpet. Justin, the divisions start popping in you yesterday, and they became like a trumpet. Oh my gosh, the Lord's speaking to me. I have another one. There's another one. Every time I look at a person, the Lord is speaking to me about them. Amen? 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 Amen. 
come up here and I will show you things which which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven. One sat on the throne, and he sat there. It was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightning, thunderings, voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So John, which isn't any different than you and me, it's not like, yeah, he carried the title of apostle, he was chosen, he's the one that Jesus loved, but it was out of his intimate love for the Lord that the Lord came to John and invited him over the threshold of the realm of the earth and into an intimate face-to-face relationship with the Spirit. Are you catching what 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 I'm trying to portray to you? He doesn't require you to dwell over this side of the line. Can I use your Bible? Sorry. So this is the written word that is designed to get you to realize the need of a living God. And this Jesus is this door, this threshold that opens up into the realm of the Spirit where the sevenfold Spirit of God is. It dwells. And so you have access on a daily basis to look and study this, but have an expectation that you get entered into this and the presence of God is is the essence of heaven being released on earth and you dwell on the other side of the door. See, you have a choice. You can dwell on this side of the door and try to understand what is written or you can choose to actually knock on this door until it's open for you. You step into the realm of the Spirit and you dwell on this side of the door. So what side of the door do you dwell on? Come on. You, you have an option. You can choose to believe the, the, the offering of the realm of the Spirit that Jesus wasn't just talking to John saying, Hey, John, come up here, buddy. You're going to like it better. They got hotels with jacuzzi bathtubs up here. Right? John, John could have said, you know, I don't really want to go there. But he could have stepped across the threshold and in his spirit had this intimate relational connection with the Lord. Right. Do you know they tried to kill John and they couldn't kill him? Yeah. He got exiled to the Isle of Patmos because, they, because John was witnessing the living God to the, to, to the people around him. They put him in boiling oil and they couldn't kill him. So they exiled him to an island where the Lord came to him you know the book of Revelation is the one book in the Bible that says that, that if you encounter, if you read the book of Revelation, the blessing of the Spirit of God, there's, there's, there's a blessing on people who actually pursue the Lord in the true revelation of Christ. Amen. The true revelation. The true revelation of Christ is that you're not bound as a mere man on this earth. That Christ has opened the door and brought, allowed you to come and encounter the living God. And the reason the Lord actually awakens people who are willing to have their wick trimmed and, 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 and have the, word, the spoken word of God come actually through this side and set you on fire is that you can come around to people and the fire that's on you, just like the Panera story, You see, there's Panera stories in every one of you. There are Panera stories in every one of you. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I want to know you in a Panera story. I want you to reveal your voice in the marketplace, in the highways and byways. I want to hear you speak, Lord, and I want to see the darkness flee. From the words you put on my tongue. Give me dreams and visions. Set me on fire by the spirit of knowledge. Right now, set me on fire by the spirit of knowledge. I want to know you intimately. Not just words on a page, but in spirit, I want to know you. 
Hallelujah. All right, now you just gave the potter a command, okay? You gave the potter a command. You gave, you gave him access to your heart. You better get your seatbelt out. <laughs> better get your seatbelt out, guys, because he's going to challenge you to leave go of something that you hold on to, that you trust in, that is actually natural, because he's trying to make you supernatural. You see, on this side of the line is this supernatural realm of heaven where dreams and miracles and supernatural signs and wonders and everything is released on earth, but we have churches that are filled with people thinking they're confident and confident, comfortable because of what they know when they should be bound. They should be fervently bound in wanting to be a, a flame of fire with the Holy Spirit. A burning one. Literally set on fire by the Holy Ghost. Amen? This doesn't hurt too bad, does it? Because unless the wick gets trimmed and the dead wax is moved away, you really can't get set on fire. Unless you realize that where you put confidence in something out of what you know instead of who you know, the Lord actually can't lead you because you're not willing to trust the one who speaks and then your feet being willing to follow where he leads you down the path of life. Amen? Amen? And you may say, well, Show me where this is at in the Bible. Okay. Go to John 5, 37. Jesus walked completely different than the men who had the Bible memorized. The Pharisees, they had to memorize the first five books of the Torah, right? They were the most righteous men on earth. Okay? But Jesus came... And he actually went away at night to dwell with the Holy Spirit and was sent places, sometimes to one, sometimes to 5,000, sometimes to wherever the Father would lead him. And Jesus, in his arguments with the Pharisees, he would say that you know the Scriptures, but I know the Spirit of God. Let me read this to you. Verse 37, And the Father Himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard His voice at any time nor seen His form, but you do not have His Word abiding in you. Wait a minute. These guys had the Bible memorized. Wait a minute. Dude, that'll mess you up. They had the Bible memorized. Maybe I read that wrong. Verse 38, But you do not have His Word abiding in you, intimately connected in this living connection of life. Because whom He sent, Him you do not believe. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of Me. But you are not willing to come to Me that you may have life. Wait, that, that can't be in the Bible. Jesus is saying that although these guys knew what the Word said on this side of the line, Jesus actually stood on this side of the line as like this door. They could, the, the guys that knew what was said couldn't see Jesus because this door wasn't open. That's messed up. These guys that had the Bible memorized. Jesus is saying, you search in there because you're trying to find life, but you've not come to me in the Spirit to encounter me. Meaning that they took the Bible and they made it a bunch of rules. And, and Jesus actually said throughout the, the, the Scriptures that they piled they piled, um, dead commandments and routines onto the people. And that actually angered Jesus because they portrayed themselves as righteous. And Jesus calls them snakes, dead men's bones, serpents. You are of your father, the devil. He said, he said you are rip- misrepresenting me. You may be right twice a day like a dead clock. That you're not alive because you can't see me. You've never, you've never sought after me to know me because you're confident in following a rule book. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. 
Right? That's what the Bible says. Right? And so Jesus has come to liberate us from having confidence in what we know to come onto this side and be spiritually alive in Christ. Because Jesus opened this door and that we would not dwell on on the wrong side of the line. Because I tried to witness holding onto the Bible on this side of the line, but until I crossed over and I said, Speak, Lord, and I'll do it, and multiplication is still happening from one word that happened 10 years ago. Do you realize that that kid called me and he says, what are we going to do? Are you going to come? Are you going to prophesy in, in the basement that they've given me? You're dang skippy. I'm coming up there to prophesy. You're dang skippy, brother. Dude, we're going to set that campus on fire. The Lord has given us a green light to invade a dark place, a place that said, I'm going to dwell here. And somehow the Lord found, he positioned one president to be able to hear and say, I'm going to let the living God come into my campus. Are you kidding me? From one prophecy that happened 10 years ago to one girl that was distraught at a misrepresentation of Christ. That's messed up. Think about this. Jesus didn't send me to the sinner. He sent me to deliver people from the self-reliance and self-righteousness that people develop. Amen? When I go minister on the other side of the world to to people that follow the religions that don't know anything about Jesus, Jesus works in miracles, signs, and wonders when I go over there. But when I come into the church, He works in the power of His prophetic voice trying to pull people out of their false confidence in what is written and trying to get them to dwell in the place of the supernatural. Amen? Amen? Are you sensing the drawing of the Lord? To fall in love with Him all over again? Is anybody feeling liberated from all these deceptions of having to obey and follow rules and conditions that can't actually save you? They're actually, Paul actually said in Romans 7 that is the word holy? Absolutely. But it's actually designed to reveal in you that you have need of a living Savior who wants to know you and get you to actually dwell on this side of the line. Amen? You see, I got tired of seeing people come to the altar day after day, week after week, year after year, dealing with the same condemnation and guilt that they had when they claimed to go to the altar the first time. And so I would ask the Lord questions, why do these people that claim to know Jesus still come up for prayer and say, I don't think I'm worthy. I'm I'm not mocking anybody. Because this is a real problem in the church. And so, as I ask the Lord more questions, and I hope you realize the pattern of what I keep saying to you. I ask the Lord more questions. Something happens. I ask the Lord more questions. And the Lord reveals and reveals and reveals because I ask Him more questions. And so my burden for the people that I wanted to be set set on fire and to be free in the power of the Holy Spirit... The Lord would send people bound in the conditions of the law in condemnation, not really having the encounter with the living God whose flame actually has the power to burn out that junk, to burn out that brokenness, to burn out that desire to do drugs, to burn out that chasm that is between you and Jesus that burns all that stuff out is in as simple as you crossing over the line and saying, I don't need to follow rules. I need to actually be in love with the living God. Paul actually said, don't go out and sin because of what I just said. He actually said that out of your love, this intimacy, you burn in a manner that the rules and the the things of sin actually get burned away by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it all comes back to one thing. Are you in love? The seven letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation are all heirs that stem back from one thing. The church of Ephesus lost its first love and every church after it, it was a condition as a result of losing first love. 
And so what I'm trying to do, what the spirit of intimacy is here to do, is to bring you back into the simplicity of a relationship with this living God who loves you and accomplished all things for you. He broke down the wall of separation. He actually took your guilt and sin and and the deadness uh, of your former life to the grave. And in baptism, you rise up following the voice of this living God that takes you through life. Is it as simple as you hearing and searching out the living God? It can't be that simple, can it? Come on, man. Come on. They've made it so complicated. You have to follow all these rules and do all these uh, uh, great things, and you have to measure things up, and then you have to be approved, and then you have to do this. And the Lord says, no, you have to be in love. He takes it back to one simple thing. Are you in love with me? Do you find your solace with me? Are you invigorated by me? Are you flat out in love with me? So if you were to be asked that question right now, not that I'm going to ask it to you, but I'll ask it anyway. Are you in love with Jesus? Do you know Him over here and dabble with a foot over there? Or would you say that I dwell over here, I sometimes get stuck going back over, but I get pulled back by the Holy Ghost because I know that the Spirit of Knowledge was sent by the Lord to actually reach to the door and say, Hey, you're not supposed to stand on this side. I'm pulling you over. I'm trimming your wick. And I'm going to set you on fire. Amen? Let me take you to one more scripture and then we're going to start to pray. Alright? You know, Paul, Paul actually, um, how many of you have ever, ever uh, studied the, the Paulionic, what do they call them? The, the, the prayers of Paul in the book of Ephesians. Have you, have you guys ever studied any of those? Go with me to Ephesians 3, verse 16. Verse 16 to 19. This is the prayer of Paul as he's writing to the Ephesians. He says, I pray that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through this spirit in the inner man. His glory has two dynamic parts. One is the word strength, which means kratos. It actually means the power of his spoken word. The other, the word might, actually means dunamis. It's the power of His presence. So His presence and His speaking to you in dreams and visions are the glory in the new day that Christ actually came to give you. Paul's prayer was, I pray that, you, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory, meaning that you would dwell on this side of the door in the glory of God, knowing that when the Lord speaks to you, life is brought to you, and He'll lead you out of any bad situation into the realm of life. Strengthened with might in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that being rooted and grounded in love, he may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Wait a minute. There's too many things lining up in Scripture here. There's just, there's just too many things lining up about that, that's actually trying to pull me into the realm of the glory of God instead of actually staying over here. This was actually written by the man that they called the ultimate Pharisee. The guy who was the Pharisee of Pharisees. That's what the Bible said. This guy, Paul, had this encounter with this amazing light on the road to Damascus. And somehow he gets up and the scales fall off of his eyes. And no longer was he bound on the side that couldn't see Christ. He had an encounter with the living God. And now this man is sent to the nations to preach the true gospel, the living Christ to the nations. And his prayer for the church, he had a burden for the church, he had a burden for the people. And he says, I pray that you would be encountering the glory of God, that you would be strengthened with might, strengthened with dunamis power, strengthened with the voice of God in your inner man, in deep in your spirit. That was the prayer of the ultimate Pharisee who met the light of the world. 
Man, my, my God, he, he could have wrote anything. But he says, I pray that you would know this love that is beyond knowledge. He didn't say, I pray that you would know the Bible. Although the Bible will lead you to Jesus, hopefully, right? But his prayer was that you would know the love of Christ. That you would not settle. That you literally would not settle for coming back. Into, into church settings and, and organizations and different things. You wouldn't settle for just knowing him on paper. But you would be so in love that you would know his nature. You would know what's going to happen in a room. You would know that when the Lord speaks, he wants to do something. Or when he says stop. Or when he says go. That you would know him. Or when he wants to take you on visitations to heaven to see the supernatural. Or he would take you in vision and teach you what the Bible really means. His prayer was that you would not settle for this. That you would actually recognize that Jesus is this door and there's this amazing heart cry coming out of heaven saying, Come up here! John! John, the one I love, come up here. Come up here. I have so much more to show you. Don't settle for staying over here. Don't settle. Come. Come through the door. Come through the door. The first time I went to heaven, I was I was in South Africa. I was preparing for a message. Um and one of these young men, he was about 18 years old, he was on fire for the Holy Spirit. And he knocked on my door, he was shaken. And he says, I had a vision of you. And he says, you were standing on Table Mountain. We were in South Africa, in Cape Town, South Africa. And I don't know if you ever saw pictures of Table Mountain, but it's one of the seven wonders of the world. It's absolutely amazing. And he says, I saw you standing on Table Mountain. And an angel was standing beside you, encouraging you to take a step off of this mountain. And he said, the Lord is in releasing a faith into your life that you would not have confidence in where you stand on earth, but you would have confidence in where you stand in heaven. Yeah. And dude, he said, you're going to go to heaven. And I'm, 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 dude, he started walking toward me. And when he started walking toward me, my legs buckled out from under me. And the next thing I know, I'm laying on the ground and the man, the young man never even touched me. And dude, I'm laying in a puddle of snot because the spirit of knowledge reached through this door and said, Dave Cuppet, come up here. And I left, I left South Africa uh, two weeks later, I left South Africa. I came home and I started knocking on the door of Jesus in a way that I've never knocked on the door. And I said, Lord, I am responding to your invitation. I am not settling for standing even on one of the seven wonders of the world. I want to go to heaven. I want to be taken up. And the next thing I know, man, all I can explain it to you, has anybody here ever been taken to heaven? Dude, I was taken these two angels I don't know exactly what they were but I'll describe them to you they had these big huge eyes and they had this look on their face like this just amazing sense of peace and they stood beside me and they literally I saw them reach inside and grab my spirit and the next thing I know I'm standing at this door in heaven and this door swings wide open and when we stood, came in the, there was a gold floor and off in a distance I saw this amazing like glory this amazing light off in a distance and when they let go of me the glory the Lord was so strong I fell to the floor I was face down and they looked at me and they said get to the glory and so I start army crawling like I'm on my belly in this encounter in heaven and I am doing everything I have to do to get there and when I finally got there there was this huge mount of crowns I climbed up over the crowns and when I was on top of the crowns I'm looking I don't know if you've ever seen Jesus and what form you see Jesus in. But what I saw was, was what appeared as a stage. And I saw a lion. And I, this lion, did you ever see a lion in the early morning bellowing? He's going, ooh, ooh, and the steam is coming out of his mouth. And he's marking his territory. 
And dude, I'm sitting there. I, I mean, I am shaking in the spirit because I'm conscious, but I'm not. I'm not here on earth. I'm not in my body. And I'm watching this, and all of a sudden, these two angels came and got me. And all I can describe it as is uh, there's a whirlwind around the throne of heaven. There's thousands of angels that fly in layers like multiple layers above the throne. And they fly, and all that comes out of their mouth is, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, let the whole earth be filled with Your glory. They literally, they grab me, and the next thing I know, I'm in this sequence of angels flying around the throne, and they're holding on to me. And I'm I'm in shock. I'm conscious, but I'm, I'm in the Spirit having this encounter in heaven. And they're, the one starts hitting me on the back saying, praise the Lord. And out of my mouth comes holy, holy. And this, this roar, this chant is, the, I mean, thousands of angels. All you hear is holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Let the whole earth be filled with His glory. And I don't know how long this, this, this went on, but all of a sudden I saw the lion, I was looking down and the lion stopped and these, these two angels grabbed me and stood me in front of the lion and the breath of the lion started to, to come upon me and he said this to me, he says, tell my people that if they believe my words, they too will experience their inheritance. Amen. Because I have a portion for my people. And you want to know why I'm so adamant about you hearing God versus simply knowing Him in paper is because I believe what He told me that you each have an inheritance in the spirit realm that is so supernatural. It is so far beyond anything that you can even fathom or think. His words were, if you believe my words, when the lion roars to you in your life, when the trumpet blows in your life and you have a dream, you have a vision, you knock on His door and He speaks to you and you realize that this amazing God wants to have this intimate personal relationship with you, that He has a plan for your life, He has a destiny, He has a purpose for you. Something that will break brokenness and despair and inadequacy and these things that draw you back to hopelessness and just a a life that doesn't see itself as having value. He actually is this amazing healer and deliverer that when he speaks to you a word, he's the king of kings. He's the king of glory. He has an intent and a design that the word itself has something wrapped up in it that will speak to your inadequacies. It will speak to your personal brokenness. It will speak to you in a way that actually shifts you. It changes you. You, it's, it, you know, people in the church have a false perception that all their work is about them stopping what they used to be or what they currently are, are, are caught in. And all the Lord is doing is if you would put, put your focus on me and thirst after me and hunger after me, I have your answer. I have the answer for you. Amen? Is this hitting home with anybody? You see, the Lord is coming here because you're special. Every one of you are special. You're unique. There's a purpose for you. There's, a, there, there's such an intimate calling that the Lord has for you that he, he's, he's, there, there's, a, there's a pull in the Spirit that there would be an embrace of love. Amen? Amen. So I have to ask you guys a question. Why would so many of you settle for this when these encounters of heaven were these encounters of vision and dream that many of you are now witnessing is, oh my God, that's real. He speaks, that's real. He speaks, that's real. And all I want is more. I got to have more. I got to have more. I got to have more. Why do so many of us settle to stand on this side of the line? Amen? So, are you willing to cross the line? It's as simple as that. Are you willing to cross the line? You guys willing to cross the line? Are you tired of settling 
for the natural world, when he said, I'm going to make you supernatural, you're going to know me supernaturally. Some of you are sitting there going, I don't know. I don't know if that guy really, heaven? You're kidding me. I'm just testifying, man. I'm just telling you my experience. You can actually search out the Holy Ghost on your own. If you so choose. Right? Because the vision was that the spirit, or the the angel that carried the spirit of knowledge was out in the highways and byways. Meaning that the candles would be taken out into the middle of nowhere and you would encounter the Lord in a place that is intimate. You would encounter the Lord in a place that you would realize that only He and Him only is the one who sets you on fire. You can't work harder. You can't earn it. You can't do more supernatural tricks. You can't get enough people saved. You can't do any of that. But if you fall in love and simply follow Him where He takes you into the unknown, suddenly there's a Panera story in your life. Suddenly you're on the other side of the state or doing something that is supernatural in your life. Amen? Amen. So who here is ready to fall in love with Jesus? Who here would say, you know what? I knew Jesus one way these last five years, 10 years, 15 years, but now I want to know Jesus in the supernatural. I want touched by this spirit of intimacy. I'm not settling for this. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.